looking good? Look, look, do I look good? Look, I look all right? Looking great, man, all the time. Yeah, all right. You just saying that to be nice, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. You're listening to episode 79, and we are your co-hosts. I'm Larry Vasquez, my buddy Rick Arroyo here. How you doing, bud? I'm doing really good. New Year's is coming, right? 2021. Coming I'm up. already, yeah, I'm working on my new, uh, new year resolution and I think everyone out there should be working on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And hey, guess what? We got some workshops that are happening January 4th that coincide with some great new year resolutions here. So just saying. Uh, that's right. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I always, uh, you know, if you need help uh, being accountable and need help, you know, starting the year right, you know, we are definitely the place uh, to be. Absolutely. We've got a great podcast here. This is something we had recorded a couple weeks back with Tara Donovan. Um, she is fantastic. She loves animation. She's been working in the industry for quite some time. She's worked on movies like Detective Pikachu, um, Aquaman, uh, Blue Sky Short for Ice Age, and uh, just really loves animation. And you're going to see that through this podcast. And she'll be teaching in our new workshop starting January 4th. So fresh teacher, ready and excited to to teach so yeah she's she's full of talent and she's super committed i mean uh she sent me something uh what was it two days ago and i saw it, i was like man she's really pumped about <laughs> sharing the shelling sharing everything to help you guys uh, become great animators so all right yeah before we jump in you got any notes Oh, yeah. Uh, really, I want to remind everyone that iAnimate is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you are just starting off or you don't even know you know, the software. You can join iAnimate. We have courses for all levels. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to remind yeah. everyone. And uh, secondly, um, you know, those, uh, this was a question that came from a student from one of the, the, the universities out there. They wanted to know if they can use iAnimate to complement their class. Absolutely. If you're in college or a university and you want to uh, have that extra support, you can participate in iAnimate and go to your school. So you can do both at the same time, work on your on your assignments or at the end of your end of your project, and we will be there to help you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Lastly, I want to remind everyone that joins iAnimate, I they have access to all the rigs. You also get access to uh, Jason Ryan's animation, um, uh, what, live? Lectures, like, demos. Lecture, yeah. Every week he does a new demo. It's mm -hmm. really amazing. Jason's just awesome. And uh, hopefully I didn't miss out anything, but, you know, Please, guys, if you love what you're hearing, you like us sharing, you know, our experience and helping you grow as an artist, please share. Let people know about the podcast. Mm -hmm. We want to put positivity out there. We want to help people grow and become great artists. And it doesn't matter where they're from, where, you know, anywhere in the world. doesn't matter if they're professional or students or whatever school they are. We do this for the community. We really love the animation community. Absolutely. So like, subscribe, share. We greatly appreciate it. All right. Let's get into the podcast. Well, Tara, first off, I'd love to thank you for joining us. I know it's 10 o'clock in Montreal here. It's late. You've had a full day, but we always appreciate getting our guests in on this. So we thank you very much for your time. Um, we love to talk animation, and it's always great to hear from other people. So thank you very much for your time on this podcast. You're super welcome. I'm really happy to be here. All right. And you're one of our new instructors, too, so that always makes it extra fun. So we're looking mm. forward to have you teach with us and uh, train up some new students. So um, first off, how did you get into animation? Um, kind of talked a little bit before we uh, got into this and um, you've got other skill sets and things like that. What made you want to get into animation? Hmm. It's 
it's funny because I, I think I, I always love cartoons and I always love drawing. I used to keep lots of sketchbooks going and stuff. But I really have to uh, thank or blame, I'm not sure, my parents. <laughs> um, they, I think they saw the spark, you know, just even from like watching early Looney Tunes and stuff like that. Both my parents were in the media and my, uh, my mom and dad would do stuff like they would bring home um, – like a reel-to-reel 60-millimeter projector and a bunch of reels from like the NFB or something and show mm. me like sh shorts and stuff like that. And it was, um, my sister and I were just like, eat it up. We love watching these old cartoons. And then when VCRs came on board, they'd, you'd have to go to the library and rent one. And then my, my mom got me into like watching NFB shorts and we just couldn't get enough of that stuff. And then when I was really young, about like 10 or something, my mom put me in me, it's sort of a, Saturday morning class, like a an animation weekly class. Very so you cool. Just under the camera, like yeah, like a little cutout stuff with like you know whatever toothpicks and stuff. And I, I just absolutely fell with it. I couldn't get enough of it. And I just I never pictured myself as an animator professionally until much much later. So I went on, did like all normal things, and went and got a degree in French. And I was thinking, <laughs> I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And. Uh, and then I was like just taking a Joe job after university and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And then somebody mentioned Sheridan College and it was like, <laughs> color me stupid, but I'd never heard of it. So I was like, okay, <laughs> what's that? Oh, people become animators. And so I called and I said, uh, you know, do you have a program? Like, when can I sign up or like whatever apply? And they said, oh, sorry that the deadline is tomorrow. And Ooh. I go, oh, okay. Well, I had been taking courses in life. So I had a portfolio weirdly assembled for no reason. And um, a friend of mine was like, well, let's jump in the car, get your portfolio, send it to Sheridan by FedEx. We'll get there today. And I was like, okay, random stranger helping me out. So um, <laughs> that's what happened. I sent my portfolio. I got accepted and I started at Sheridan. And did wow. It. Yeah. It was like a hard. That's time. killer. All right. Yeah. It was just very serendipitous. Now, are you from Canada originally? Yes. But not from Montreal area. No, I so have the French comes before. into play when you come over. That's and, true. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. My team right now is half and half French. So that's killer. Yeah, so the French comes into play. That's why I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I typically start out my questions this way because it's just kind of a neat uh, seeing behind the scenes. But it's always kind of that deal where you go. I love seeing how life kind of plays out as you continue to go. And so here you are, you got a degree in French and then you're in animation, which seems kind of different. And now it's coming back into play here. So I just, I love that. It's Everything very cool. Everything comes back into play. I used to say that all the time when I was teaching in classes, like there's not a single thing I could think of that you could throw at me that I couldn't relate to animation somehow. And they tried. <laughs> and I'm like, no, because, you know, it's like gardening, everything, you know, I can just, everything relates. Every study comes back. So now when you were at Sheridan, it was, um, I know you mentioned you kind of grew up drawing a little bit and I mean, which is why you had the portfolio and things like that. Was it a big learning curve for you or did you kind of adapt pretty quick or how did that work out for you? Interesting. Yeah. I got into the international summer school, which is like, I don't know if it exists anymore, but it's uh, really different than the full year program. Cause I've heard like the full year program is very busy. There's hundred students and the international summer school was like, I think there were 20 of us or 25 and they're from all over the world and they had to have some sort of a background already. So they accepted people who already had degrees or had been working for a while. So they're a little bit older. And I mean, just, we just had the run of the place. Like we had a line tester free all the time and that kind of stuff. It was very nice to be in that environment. And 
because it was so culturally diverse, I felt really excited to be there just to learn from all these different kinds of people. But the one thing I, I did find there was a big learning curve for me was um, I didn't uh, like eat, live, breathe, and sleep Disney animation. Okay. And a lot of people already had been practicing how to draw in that Disney style for uh. whole lives. I'd never even thought of doing that before. So I, I was trying to kind of catch up, but there's no way, you know, if you can practice in drawing that way with like the construction lines and all that, that just never dawned on me when I was growing up. So uh, I was already into life drawing, so I could do that. But uh, the cartoon style that I sort of aspired to was a little bit more independent. Okay. Gotcha. And that's part of the reason why I asked that too, is because it's always neat to see, <clears throat> excuse me, if you know, you're going like, yeah, I, I remember those struggles. I remember not having, you know, I wasn't the one who just jumped right in and everything came natural. To me, you no, know, you know, so okay, <laughs> wait, just to frame this, one of the people in my class was Dean Dubois, who directed How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? So, yeah, and there were yeah. other people in my class that were just like equally like crazy talented people. So I was just like, why? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So you went through the program. Was it a generalist type program or was it specifically in animation? Yeah. Back then it was like a diploma in animation and you made a film in third year. So like your third year film kind of thing. Okay. But we did, you know, a little animation history, a little acting for animation, life drawing. And then the rest of it was just studio time. So they'd give you an assignment, a bouncing ball, a walk cycle or whatever. And you'd just be like head down working, flipping paper. It was all, you know, paper and paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you know you wanted to get into animation specifically? versus, you know, um, sculpting first, or modeling oh, yeah. or, you know. Yeah, I mean, back then, I guess I was really in love with like the NFB style. Um, I was a big fan of like Wendy Tilby and, you know, Janet Perlman. You probably, only a handful of people would know these names. I know, I'm but not like, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't be alone there. I mean, it's just Canadian animation back in the day was like, um, even obscure for Canadians. And I was just like <laughs> fangirling over like Carolyn Leaf. And uh, anyway, I would go to the Ottawa Animation Festival and sometimes they would be there. And I just like, oh my God, you know, like they were very famous, which they were not. But um, I, I just liked that hand-drawn style, kind of sketchy, scratchy kind of style, not very commercially viable <laughs> at the time. And everything was going towards like Lion King style. And I was kind of going the other way. So I really wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to make short films. I wanted to work for the NFB or the CDC, like Frederick Back or someone like that with like a painterly style. There wasn't any like money goal in it. There, I was kind of naive. I was like, it'll work out. You know, I'll just have a part-time bartending job or something. And I, I just wanted to like have a simple life, you know, crafting these auteur films and just, I don't know, money would work itself out. That's yeah. You figure out, you cross that, that bridge when it comes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So how long after you graduated were you able to get into the industry? Um, well, that was interesting because like my little plan of just being like a little, you know, terror in the attic uh, <laughs> kind of got derailed uh, out of second year because um, Richard Williams in England was finishing his great big Thief and the Cobbler. He was ah. the last year and he got a big uh, influx of money from investors to finish the film and so hired an army of in-betweeners and, you know, animators from around the world. So uh, I went there with two other classmates of mine. Awesome. Um, yeah. That's killer. <laughs> Out of si second year. Yeah. We had to, I think we had to send some stuff in. And anyway, so we flew to England and we worked for Richard Williams for a year. And <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It was it, had you been overseas before? 
No. Okay, so a whole new experience, huh? whole new experience. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> See, it, it would just kind of all work out, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I mean, I knew basically. I Actually, there was a small gap between the end of my Sheridan second year and starting like two months or three months. And I got a little tiny like gig at Hinton Animation in Ottawa on okay. the Raccoons television show. <laughs> and they were like, here's your scene folder. And I opened it up and there was just like, random paper with some keys and a, and a dope sheet and a, here's a pencil and I was like oh and I just looked around to see what everybody was doing and I guess I was like I guess I know how to do this and but you just kind of learn on the job mm, yeah and I got to England and it was like that like we were just thrown right in the deep end and we we're doing all these like really meticulous in-betweens you know 12 hours a day and so there I met all these people that were like really incredible senior artists and got to work for some of the best animators in the world at the time and they worked on all these big films and that kind of opened my mind to like what the possibilities were to have a real career in animation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What were some of the things in, and obviously that's um, you're pretty green, but what were some of the things that really um, shaped and formed you during that time for your career? Hmm. Well, I mean, in early days, it was like just learning the craft itself. Like you, you really aren't any, good until <laughs> you've been in it for a little while and yeah. I think just it, it was such an amazing start to my career because I got to be the assistant for a whole bunch of really amazing animators and that doesn't really exist anymore with computers they just give yeah. you a scene and you just you kind of get like sometimes you get background characters or right. uh, something's maybe not as front and center or you work on lower budget projects until you work your way up but there isn't that apprenticeship that was built into classical animation, which I really appreciated. What would happen was they would give you like in-betweening and then when you showed you had, um, you could be trusted, <laughs> then they would give you assisting work, which is like they leave a lot of details out. And the more they trust you, the more details they leave out until they just basically give you like a drawing and then some lollipops, they call them. It's just like where it represents where the head goes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, and I'd be like, you know, I'd see how busy they were and I'd be like, you don't need to finish that. I'll, I'll let me, you know, so I'd just like ask, <laughs> ask for more, be like, like, just do the, like the flag poles and I'll put the flags on or just, you know, I'll put the clothes on them or whatever. And it's like, they give you more and more and more responsibility. Nice. Until, yeah, and I loved it. Or they'd be like, oh, I don't have time to do these guys. And I'd be like, I'll do them, you know? And then, uh -huh. so you get little pieces of animation. And then, uh, and then you're an animator. No, it doesn't work like that. Uh, <laughs> then you, have to, you have to convince somebody that you can take shots. And then that, that transition is brutal. One of the things that uh, Rick and I spoke about with um, Patrick, our previous podcast, and uh, it kind of sounds a little bit something similar to what you're talking about here, was uh, we talked a lot about just that idea of that hard work and kind of like we talked about earlier, that grind. But one of the things that Rick had mentioned, and just I went, yes, um, that patience um, aspect. Because uh, uh, you said, you know, and you, just, you became an animator. It's like, no, not really, you know, because sometimes that's what we think. It's just, well, I've just put in the, this amount of time and I'm good to go. But you go, this is an art form. It's a craft. It takes years and years. Um, so I just, I, when you're talking about that too, you're, you, uh, it feels like that's part of the thing that you're saying here too. It's just that patience to continue in and get that, the shots. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I really didn't know. I mean, I'm glad I didn't know how much work was ahead because it was really intense. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like purple tunnel and, you know, it's like, oh, it's so difficult. And I think when you're starting out, it's so competitive and, and all the people around you are so passionate and everything. And it's just like people who are doing that for a living. I mean, we've all got to be a little bit OCD. And it's just like, you know, sitting there at some points when I was working in Richard Rooms, I had a big, like jeweler's magnifying glass mm. on my table and i was animating these big creatures that were like a half a centimeter high wow and like like with a mechanical pencil and i was just like 12 hours a day just like and it's like 
you can't even breathe. Like you have to, you know, you're working on this giant paper and everything. It's just, you have to focus so much on what you're doing. Yeah. That nothing else exists. Everything else just drops away. <laughs> and you better like it because it's, <laughs> it's really hard. And I think actually the animation job itself, like it, if you don't want to do that kind of hard work, it will just, I think it won't be comfortable. I think a lot of people drop out after about five years. Yeah. They're like, I don't think I can see myself doing this for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I think it's partly also what makes it so rewarding too, you know, because when you've got that, that behind you and now you're kind of getting in that flow and rhythm. Oh, it it, gets easier. Yeah. I mean, it gets. (laughs) In some ways. Yes. 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 Yeah. But it is. Yeah. Because you know what to expect. Yeah. And um, I think it's so hard. Like I, I went through it again when I learned um, computer animation because, you know, not to skip too far ahead too fast, but it's like the computer learning curve was big as well. Okay. So, but you know, I had done it once, so I could do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to get into that, but um, so from the time over at uh, with Richard Williams in England, what transpired after that? I had the most interesting little segue because after that. Uh, job i got in with um i got a tip about a job at russell hall who was like um one of dick williams right hand guys and he went out on his own and he did i don't know if this is a long time ago but he did the fido dido and stuff like that on his own but he hired me to be his assistant on a piano fairies commercial um do, using um pencil crayon on frosted cells which oh, is wow. like a really cool technique because it looks like you know pencil crayons come to life and everything so it was just him and she was like this, you know, 40 year veteran of the industry, Russell and me in this little courtyard house. And uh, we just like sat in silence and he would just hand me drawings and I would just in between them and hand me drawings. And then he would tell stories from the industry and he would tell me stories about Dick Williams, who I had just left. <laughs> they were like, they didn't really get along. Anymore. I, was just, like, I was just eating it up. I was like, 23 years old or something like that and it just my head was just full of stories from the industry from england from all of stuff it was really amazing experience. that's very cool so you yeah. spent quite a bit of time in england and animated yeah i only like in like well just a little bit over a year okay gotcha yeah and then that gave me the opportunity i met that's the thing your cross your paths cross with so many people whenever you move and i'd grown up moving around a lot my family moved to cbc like every three four years so I was used to that, like packing up and moving. So I went from there, I had, I went back to Canada for a bit, but then I went to Berlin because of the people that I met in London. They were like, oh, this, this company, they're hiring on this film. So I did a test for them. And like two or three years later, they offered me jobs. So wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very cool. A lot of luck, like good fortune, paths crossing. Mm. Um, real quick, your mic Oh, uh, can you pull it? Maybe just a tad closer. Yeah. There Does we this go. work better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. There. It was okay. clear, but kind of it would drop a little bit, so I can adjust it afterwards. But, okay. Um, I just want to make sure. Perfect. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, you bet. Um, so you said that was in Berlin. So f- were you there for quite a bit? You moved back to Canada, or? Yeah, I went to. Actually, I went back to Montreal. Um, okay. I went to Berlin uh, to work on an Asterix and Obelix feature. Oh yeah, very cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm and not that, real familiar with it, but I've seen some of the stuff with it. It's always pretty fun. I've seen you know some of the CG stuff they had come out with afterwards too. Yeah, which is really fun to see. Actually, it adapted well to CG. I thought. Yeah. 
um, yeah, I got to go to, I had such a good time in Berlin and um, learned from some really great people there. Um, didn't learn a lot of German because they all speak English, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed myself there and they hired me to be a, a senior animator, which was pretty daunting because at the time I didn't have that much experience. I had like three years. Um, so I, I did my best. <laughs> I worked hard. Um, yeah, it was a really amazing experience. No, that was you still in Berlin. And then you you mm-hmm. mentioned then you moved back to yeah, Montreal. I went like London, Montreal. I think I yeah went to Vancouver for a little bit, and then to Berlin. Okay, it's complicated, right? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought you back then to to Canada home? Canada. I mean, it there's a pull, right? Like you you feel like you want to be back in in your home country. I think I enjoy okay. traveling for work. I really did, but um, yeah, I definitely back there's some really interesting things happening here too there was like pascal blay and michael mills and some really good commercial operations and i really like commercials because you're doing like something new every month or so yeah yeah now was this still all in 2d yes okay so when did the transition to to 3d come into play oh my gosh so (laughs) (laughs) Um, i stayed in 2d for a while until like uh i think around 19 uh, 95, I moved to um, Vancouver and I got okay. to work with uh, one of my longtime heroes, Marv Newland, who had a company called International Rocket Ship. Oh, okay. Which was just, I mean, it's so off the wall bonkers. Like he did commercial ventures to pay for short films. So he was my idol because he was making it work. He was doing his own auteur films and paying for it with commercial work. And I was nice. like, I'm going to meet this guy. He was amazing. And I got to work on the Gary Larson. Um, I know who Gary Larson is. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, exactly. I'm starting to get into the era. Right? Gary Larson's cartoons were pretty famous at the time, but they were trying to adapt them for um, like shorts. They were like blending a whole bunch of cartoon strips together to make narratives. And Marv was definitely the right person to do it. And I, I was so excited to work for him. So uh, that was in Vancouver. And then um, I got uh, pregnant and I had a baby. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Uh, okay, that's cool. So I was able to, we actually moved back to um, Toronto at that point, And um, I was going to be like, part time freelance, like I'd been doing in, in Vancouver, I was uh-huh. working part time sometimes and uh, working on my own film. And anyway, but that's very difficult to do with the little guys. So uh, at a certain point, I got a job at Centennial College, and I was teaching animation principles there in the computer animation lab. Oh, and- okay animation principles using like drawing on the blackboard on the whiteboard and showing films and doing like film breakdowns and uh but i hadn't the faintest idea how to use a computer (laughs) i didn't i didn't even have an email address so (laughs) uh i think i had a cell phone anyway they used to tease me all the time because i was just like very analog and uh so then I, I was like, okay, well, the, just, the jobs just disappeared for hand-drawn animation around that time. And so I, I had to buckle down and learn CG really quick. <laughs> now, did you do it while you were teaching then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I did it like literally like I'm like, and that's all I have to say about walk cycles. And then I would sit down and be like, now I have to do a walk cycle. And I'm like, hey, guys, you know, how do you open Maya? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said a key how. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny. Very cool. That's a neat uh, – it sounds like a – cool opportunity though when you're doing this gig just having had a little one but it now afforded you to be able to also start learning cg animation yeah it was brilliant i mean actually it was kind of humbling you know like to be 
thrown into the deep end once mm-hmm. again. And, you know, I had to jump into, uh, I, I got my first job at uh, George Elliott. And he gave me an opportunity to work on Backyard Against, which was like, oh, okay. you know, five characters singing and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can you hit the ground running? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I know how to animate. Yeah. yeah. Were you... Um... Were you somewhat hesitant or resistant to CG or was it just, hey, I love animation. I got to keep moving. Uh, to be honest, I actually was a little bit daunted by the interface, which still feels a little bit like clunky to me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure how you would make it more terror friendly. It's just, <laughs> I, I didn't grow up with computers and I was never drawn to them. So it's always still, I get up in the morning and I'm like, uh, turn on my computer and I kind of keep forward and I get this and I get the Cintiq and everything, but it's as good as it can be. I do have days now where when I get enough hours to work in the day, I forget about the interface completely and I'm just totally immersed in my shot. Um, and on the other side, Drawing is not easy either. <laughs> right. Yes. So, I mean, it doesn't look as good as it does in my head, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and to be fair, like, I think honestly, uh, eventually I would have hit that wall with my animation anyway, because the drawing was probably the skill that was holding me back the most. Okay. So I thought, I'm just going to dive into computer animation. You don't have to draw anything. All the animation characters are already there. Gotcha. And then gotcha. you got to figure out how to use the interface. And now that I have more of a handle on it, it feels much more like home. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Now, do you use your 2D? Um, okay. So for example, Jason Ryan, our head of character animation, oftentimes he'll do a, a 2D pass, very rough, um, just to kind of help uh, get his ideas out. Do you oh, yeah. use any of that? Or is it just from the thumbnails? Or how do you? I your sure do. I do. I, it's, um, yeah, thumbnails for sure. I love thumbnails. I love looking at other people's thumbnails too it's just like i i love it because it's literally like a brain dump and uh, it doesn't even matter if they're nice it's just like ah there's so much energy and life in them um but yeah I, I don't think there's been a project that i've worked on yet where i haven't had to do hands-on animation pass for some reason like it's it really shocked me like uh, a couple of times they're just like oh this model's not ready do you think you could draw something and i'm like uh sure yeah you know? like, <laughs> I have to like uh, do a hand-drawn pass where it's like just to sell it to the client or just to test it out. And so I'm in Maya and Grease Pencil. And right. I love Grease Pencil. I mean, it's so <laughs> janky, but it, it works great. And um, even on something like Justice League, Wonder Woman's Lasso. Oh, my oh God. okay. Okay, like nice. Seven million controls too many. So it's just so hard to control that thing. And so we all, as a kind of a team, a couple of us are old like hand, hand-drawn animation people and we're like let's just draw it so like we're grease penciling away less so and then just you just have to like match it oh that's end. wonderful yeah. yeah they let us do that and then i did a couple of shots where um oh it's it's not nda i don't think anymore like the flash was like falling and running around and stuff and it was just too difficult to block it without getting the ideas out so um i spent a couple of days and just like drew stuff and like people were like what are you doing <laughs> as i don't think that's a normal workflow for me yeah. <laughs> probably not vfx yeah for sure but it's so um, it's so handy it's like jason so it's like just you get the idea out of your head and i yeah. into a scene really quickly yeah nice now um just out of curiosity with the vfx on um it was uh sorry real quick justice league um yeah. So, so much, what part of those were CG? Was it the full character that you guys were doing? Uh, you brought up the flash. I know it's in your reel. There's a shot with that where he gets hit and he's uh, hits up against oh, yeah. the, 
so yeah, really nice. So, I mean, that's all CG. Yeah. There, it's called a, yeah. Takeover shot. Um, in that case, there was like, um, a few frames of, well, he comes in from live action. There's, so there's like a plate uh-huh. and nothing. And then, <laughs> and then more plates. So they would shoot like the guy might be, um, come in from one side and then just land on the crash mat or something like that. And they would okay. say takeover frame is 27. Okay. And then they would shoot him like the poor guy, like landing in a heap of mats or something. So like the takeover frame there would be whatever, 497. So you have to like make it blend seamlessly. Wow. And uh, you get help from like roto artists and stuff to position. Maybe they'll do like a, like a one frame match or something so that you can start in the right place and I'm in the right place. But uh, yeah. how did you, you get to make into it look- the- seamless yeah yeah how did you get into vfx well that was also very lucky <laughs> i was um i was working in a little studio and uh, i i worked for this lovely guy um sean Coglin, and he told me about a studio in vancouver called scanline which i hadn't really heard that much about um my husband actually got a job in vancouver animal logic so okay. i was thinking okay well I had a, a really cool job at the time, but um, I knew eventually I was going to have to move to Vancouver. So I started looking around and Sean sort of tipped me off to this great studio Scanline, um, these guys that worked there that he knew. So I threw in my resume and it's like, I, I mean, my demo reel at the time, <laughs> he was like cartoons, children's TV, all this kind of stuff. And I looked at their demo reels and it's all like, you know, angry skeletons on fire yeah. <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> things exploding the backyard like backyard hands are dancing yeah <laughs> and it's like uh there's a lot of destruction and scanline is very well known for their water effects and, uh. and blowing stuff up so i looked at them and i'm like eh, i don't know if this is a good match anyway i had a, a nice interview with those guys and they hired me to work on justice league and i was like Kablam, you know, I, I love that idea. Very cool. I went out there, yeah, and they just like they just started me up. They gave me shots with you know Batman, Superman, that's awesome, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Was, <laughs> you know, yeah, it worked out. It worked out super well. I very I cool. Loved it. Did you see yourself in? You know, I'm thinking the 2D realm and stuff like that. To then you like I'm yeah, animating so Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman and you know. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was saying like when I started animation, I was drawn to animation because of that lovely hand drawn. Yeah, yeah. You know, the auteur of the Carolyn Leaf doing like this, you know, rotoscope, like hand, you know, leaves blowing in the wind and stuff. And then I'm like, that I worked on, uh, you know, basically like monsters punching each other. And stuff. <laughs> I guess I have another side. Yes, I right. Really, I love monster movies. And back in the when we were talking about my early influences, I left out the whole Ray Harryhausen stuff because oh, okay. Sinbad and all that stuff. My sister yeah. and I were really into that. And then when I had a little guy and was raising him, we got really into, you know, Godzilla and King Kong and all that stuff. Which you got to work on, right? Yes, I did. That is amazing. That is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it all comes back. Yeah, know? there you go. When you're on the floor playing with your little guy in the Yeah, I know. Gosh. Uh, Godzilla. <laughs> Very so cool. it, it was really fun to like segue into a brand new career. So, I mean, I've reinvented my career many times just because of, you know, circumstance. And, yeah. and also like I have that curiosity. And when somebody says, well, would you like to try, you know, this other new thing? I'm always like, darned if I would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I did a lot of cartoons. I did a lot of kids to me and I did, I did some really beautiful projects. And then I was like, oh, what if I worked on, you know, bombastic AAA blockbusters? That was, <laughs> yeah. And it was a fast. 
Well, that's funny too. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I asked you earlier, you know, if you were uh, still going to be at Cinecite with Jason and you said, well, um, I actually took a job with, uh, who was it again? Um, I'm going to be working with Game On. Game On and doing so, video games. So yeah. uh, new realm for you there too. So I just, yeah. I like your adventureness or your uh, curiosity for different uh, parts of the animation industry. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'll never get bored. That's for sure. <laughs> never a dumb moment. And you've worked in cartoony stuff. I saw on your reel, you did some stuff with uh, Ice Age. and Yeah, the um, Ice Age show. That was really fun. What Art. did you enjoy about that? Um, well, actually, you know what I loved about that was we, they were so rubber hosey, like kind of, they, we got to use post-based deformers to like really punch up the expressions and stuff. Uh. So I keep on like this because there's like one shot where this character had to go like, Whoa, and do like a real weird Tex Avery type of take. And of course you can't get that with the model out of the box, but right. you to literally like use tools to like push and pull the mesh and all that. Lots of drawovers. I had a lovely team. We had three leads on that show. I had a little team of, like 10 people mostly juniors and it was just tons and tons of hands-on like frame by frame trying to punch up those shots and and really make the most of all their skills they were so talented that's just, those are fun yeah. times it was those, those working collaboratively like that on projects yeah. now and who was that for those, oh that was for um art productions was subcontracted by blue sky so okay. we worked closely with blue sky but they you know they subcontract some of their smaller productions mm-hmm. and shorts so that went straight to itunes Gotcha. It was an Easter special. Okay. We got to use Scrat and all those, you know, the famous characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that you uh, you were going to say something else. I'm sorry. I cut you oh, off. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. So just, yeah, just need to see the variety of, you know, 2D to rubber host characters to, <laughs> you know, ultra-realistic monsters. I know, right? And Wonder Woman, you know? And then here you're going to go into to video games, so. I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, now I'm going to focus on, you know, character animation and work with, you know, people at Cinecite and all these. I know people, my husband works at Cinecite. <laughs> and, and then this opportunity came up and it's so unusual. Uh, like, I, I'm not a gamer. I, I don't play games at all. I played the Untitled Goose Game. Which one? <laughs> the Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> It's really fun, Larry. You're basically, <laughs> you're a goose, and all you do is cause trouble and honk. That is the game. That I, that's the only game I play. But, you know, the people that interviewed me, uh, they said, we don't care. That's not what we're looking for. We don't want a gamer, per se. We want a lead. We want somebody who can bring up the animation skills, somebody with the effects experience. Somebody nice. With, they work on so many projects at the same time. Very cool. So, in all different styles. I got the different styles. <laughs> Versatility. Got, that's right. You got your, uh, what's the Batman? He's got his utility yeah, totally belt. Yeah, totally. My utility belt. Over Absolutely. Here. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Now, what I does your husband do? He is a modeling supervisor. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. That's what, just like I said earlier, you mentioned your son is uh, more in the math and the technical TV, yeah. and TD stuff. So I'm just going to love that about our industry that doesn't matter where you're at, you, you find something that you could use your talents in. So yeah, that's very, so very right. cool. Yeah. Very neat. Um, so we were talking about uh, the VFX. How much time did you spend in the VFX industry? I was there for four years. Okay. Yeah, and I worked on uh, Aquaman, and um, then I got to I got to work on the Meg. That one with the Jason Statham yeah. with the big. Shark. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one. One of my kids want to see it though. <laughs> one of them wants. It like, is Can so we watch that funny. One? Is yeah. it really? Yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, it's gross, but how old are you? <laughs> Well, the one that wants to see it at 17, so yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. It's <laughs> like, like crawl. It's like a really creepy, but it's 
it's very funny. They kind of ham it up. Okay. Got a bit of a, a, a cartoony humor to it. Um, and I, I got to go to NPC for a while and work on the Pikachu movie. I saw that you had that. That looked like a lot of fun to animate on. Yeah, it was a guess, actually. It we had a, Scott Wright. Um, did you work with him on that one? No, I think we either didn't cross paths or he was at a different facility. But okay. I was in, yeah, NPC. Well, you worked at, you said at NPC on that one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. he was at Cinecide, um, their VFX one, when he worked ah. on that. So I, I just assumed that, yeah, okay. Yeah, he worked right on. on that one. So yeah. Now, what did you enjoy about that project? Um, well, I mean, again, it was like a bit of a return to my cartoony roots because it, you know, it was funny because I went from like cartoony stuff to VFX, you know, serious like uh, live action. And then this seemed like the perfect hybrid project. And, uh, you know, getting back into leading again, which has always been fun for me. And, you know, huge teams, like over 60 animators. Wow. Okay. A whole bunch of leads. There were like, there were six of us. And, you know, it was like two supervisors. It was just massive that project had so many characters yeah yeah <laughs> now um obviously each character has a different style and stuff like that how many different characters did you work on i mean i don't think i'm exaggerating if i say 60 but i <laughs> the whole thing is like a blur now larry it's like it went by so fast um <laughs> well you got to catch them all there's a lot to catch uh i have uh, a thing about i get when there's um, like a lot of characters in the scene, I guess we could even call them crowd shots. Like we have a crowd department, but when there's still like 12 characters or 24 mm. characters, it's not done by crowds. It's done, you know, hand keyframed and everything. Um, I, I break out the spreadsheets and I, I get pretty organized and that gets me like more work like that. So I did a lot of the, a lot of the large character shots. I haven't made a, a lead reel yet, but uh, I will at some point before I start uh, teaching in January. All right. A couple of the really beautiful iconic shots, like the opening sequence where they're arriving at the train station and there's all these like characters flying around. And uh, that was one of mine. And then um, I think there's like over a hundred characters in that shot. Gosh. I know. How do you, how do you approach a shot like that? Just out of, how, how do you not? It's trepidation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> Definitely beware. <laughs> that just that shot right out. You didn't even oh, have to think about that one. That's Lordy. nice. <laughs> How do we approach it? I mean, honestly, I try to focus. This is really serious. Though. I focus on what the camera is going to see. So the characters that are really big crossing in front of the camera, they got to look nice, right? Uh -huh. But you gotta, when you look at the planes of focus, when you get back in, in depth, audience isn't going to see as closely so it's really hard you can't focus on everything at the same time uh -huh. so you're going to have your 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 main characters coming in he's got pikachu or whatever you got to like really zero in on that because you can get lost in like what to focus on mm. but in a case like that you'd have an army of you know eight people or something and everybody would be doing you know, a bunch of characters um try to use as much reuse as possible i think really organization in that situation is key like you know what can you reuse maybe put it from a different angle like yeah you do you set my studio library or did the studio have their own uh <laughs> we had a we had a library okay yeah. okay yeah. yeah i've used studio yeah. library and really really like that one that one's yeah uh, so i don't know if you guys it's had one in your uh proprietary or not when you were there no i think we used that one actually. okay yeah, yeah that one's really nice Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just, that, that trepidation just, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> right out the bat. 
and I got to do that lovely there. I, if, if you haven't seen it, it, there's a beautiful sequence where the Bulbasaurs are going, no spoilers, I guess they're, they're going through this ravine and it's a, it's a big reveal in one of the earlier trailers. So the Bulbasaurs are running through the, the bottom of the ravine and then there's all these morals and creatures flying in the air and Pikachu is not feeling too great at that point. And it's like a really poignant moment. And it's just layer after layer after layer of effects. And it's, it looks gorgeous. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not seen it, but my kids have. And they really, really liked it. So I definitely yeah, check that one out just for the animation and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's too funny. And that was at MPC. Did you work on any other projects there during that time? You said No, were- I just, I went there specifically to work you know, for uh, my supervisor, actually, Clem. Uh, yep. And then I, I wanted to work on Pikachu. Gotcha. And uh, I, then I got a chance to go back to Scanline. Um, and I, I really enjoyed my time there. And I got to work on, uh, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. So. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little segue in between where Animal Logic sent my husband to Australia and I, I had to go with him. Oh, that's too bad. So I'm sorry. I had to hang out on the beach <laughs> for a couple months. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. So were you working over there too or are you getting no. just to enjoy yourself? Just hung out. Oh, that's Thanks, even better. Nice Australian. time off, huh? <laughs> yeah, Australian. Australia is amazing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was someday, I hope, everyone can see it it's like just an incredible place very cool and yeah, then you said that was at where um he was at animal so we animal went to Logic. okay gotcha yeah and we traveled we went to the and we went to the great barrier reef and Melbourne. like basically we went somewhere every weekend yeah <laughs> so we just see as much as possible in two months yeah, and, yeah. very nice very nice so that brings you back to canada and yeah. then you jump into where uh to back to scanline yeah. okay gotcha and that was on the uh, uh, Godzilla, versus, Godzilla. versus King Kong. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the things I love about Ken about this is we've had, you know, um, I forget his name off the top of my head because it's kind of getting late. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he worked on um, at Weta and then he went over to uh, Sony where he worked on Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs and he had the uh, hamburger with the uh, French fries. Oh, I love and that. it comes out here and it looks but it looked real VFX-y. And they're like, okay, this is great weight, you know, but we got to, this is cartoony. So just kind of that adjustment, you know, or, you know, vice versa, coming from cartoony to something like that, oh, where you yeah. got to kind of, um, did you find that uh, adjustment, you know, periods and things yes. like that? Okay. We, you, that's such a funny story because, yeah, I remember I had this, I think it was like uh, the, the villain in um, Justice League was Steppenwolf and there was some sort of oh no maybe it was Aquaman anyway there was a punching sequence and <laughs> I remember my supervisor Eric was like yeah you can't just like have like the before frame and then the after frame like <laughs> Hanna-Barbera you actually have to show the and I'm like, oh, right <laughs> Like, could look too cartoon. Yeah, or the old, uh, the old bat- '70s Batman ones. Yeah, or, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I've done a lot of punches. And yeah, really that frame. Yeah, yeah. I think I didn't get dinged too much for like too much cartoony. I kind of really tried to immerse myself in like if if they can tell it's VFX, then you've done it wrong because it's supposed oh. to look real, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, gotcha. That's a great, <laughs> great uh, advice there. Um, but again, I can imagine on Godzilla versus King Kong, the, the weight and that you're having to sell. Oh, was God, there anything yeah. that, you, that helped you with that? Absolutely. You know what? I'm going to segue into powerlifting. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> very cool. 
So I, uh, I power lift and it's three lifts. So squat, bench, deadlift and squat is definitely something I struggle with. And I, I'm afraid of it. Like I've literally like got 200 pounds on my back and all you have to do is go down and back up again and put that weight, that force just pressing down on all of your bones and Mm -hmm. into the floor and just mastering it. Like I've hired coaches. I've spent hundreds of hours working on it. And so anyway, so I'm very conscious of like my center of mass and force of gravity and how all of your weight has to push down to like this very small base of support Mm. push straight up otherwise there's energy leaks and you know you can get injured but it also is just not an efficient use of your your energy right so here i'm animating (laughs) i can't it's too bad the movie's not out yet but anyway (laughs) this giant monster and it's like every step it takes i can feel it in my bones i'm not even exaggerating that's like, cool i can just feel i can see where the plumb lines are and there's like every once in a while i'm like oh no he's his knee is veering out that's you know he's got knee valgus they call it and he's got, <laughs> like, pull that pivot back and and it's just that physicality like just being used to carrying heavy weights mm. it does translate into your animation you know what the effort it takes to pick your leg up off the floor if it weighs but you're not having to imagine it you've, yeah you've had 200 yeah. pounds on your back you know what it but, feels like to actually have to not that that's a lot because some right. people lift a lot more than that but that's all for me it's it's um, a good amount of weight for, <laughs> now for those that are kind of listening and haven't maybe checked out your bio this is something we talked about right before we actually hit record um, but you're an NASM certified personal trainer. So can you tell us a little about that? And that's now that'll kind of help probably make some more sense of what you're talking about here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do like taking courses and getting certified. Um, but I, I've been a gym rat for a really long time. Um, I started lifting weights about a dozen years ago and uh, I just fell in love with it. So I love, I love heavy barbells and uh, weights and weight equipment. And I, so I, I take it pretty seriously. I work out, you know, three to five days a week started competitive powerlifting and uh all that stuff and i I just decided i I was starting to get um questions people were asking me you know like workout advice and stuff and i thought god i don't know i don't know what i'm saying so i (laughs) wanted to get some sort of education (laughs) just for my own edification but also so that i don't you know give people bad advice so i looked for a certification that i could do in my spare time because i was working full-time um in case i wanted to help people in a more formal way like just as a hobby you know but to coach and uh, so I, I looked at all the different certifications and I picked the um, National Academy of Sports Medicine just because it's a more science-y kind of course. And well, it was more than I bargained for. This is, happens a lot when you like, uh, you take on something new, you're like, I had no idea how much work this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking about getting personal training certification, perhaps wait till you're on vacation. <laughs> I was studying all the time. Like every night I studied like three to four hours and it went on for months. And it was really hard, but wow. I passed. And um, yeah, so you have to, you have to learn a lot about like energy systems and the way your heart works and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's interesting. It's crazy interesting. But, and now like I have coached um, one or two people just, you know, remotely and it's something I can always do. I love that. Yeah. The reason why I, I, I like bringing this up is because, you know, we're talking about animation and, you know, as I mentioned beforehand, I have wrestling background we've had people on here who have had martial arts or someone else who has music and you go that somehow you know obviously finds its way back into animation and here you're talking about you know animating on Godzilla and King Kong and you're like I could feel that when I'm animating this I know what this is like and so it's just a great reminder to people listening to you know get out there and do something 
you know, physical or do something. Anything. Yeah. You know, where it just, it's going to come back into animation. Absolutely. Like I, I worked with a guy who's really into dance, you know, he mm. knows all these different styles of dancing or everybody's got something that they're yeah. interested in, in the hobby. You have to keep your brain, like you have to keep feeding it, you know, <laughs> new information. <laughs> so you don't just repeat, repeat old cliches. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Very, very cool. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so now you've been in VFX for a bit. Did you transition to uh, feature with Cinesite for a little bit and then now to video games or how did that work? Uh, no, no. I, but I, there was one project in between I should talk about that I, I went to Method. Um, okay. Anline. So I actually got to work with an old friend of mine, Matt Coblishan, who was our animation soup. And um, he brought me there with another person I used to work with at Scanline, Kevin Corey, who is my co-lead. And the two of us were leads on a, on a Netflix Halloween special called The Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Oh, very and cool. And it was super fun. So it was a VFX project. Rachel Tavali was the director. She directed like Freddy Krueger type, I don't know, horror movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this is a kid's movie. It's based on a, like a really nice uh, book property. And um, anyway, so Method was contracted to do these little um, creatures called toadies. So they're like little monsters. And they're like the Three Stooges. They're kind of goofy. Um, so Method did all these really funny scenes. And they, I think they expanded our, our shot range because they saw what we were doing and they really liked it. So they, really they, it. they built it into the show. Anyway, it was just an absolute gas. So it was very much like Pratt Falls and like really slapstick, you know, hit each other over the head kind of stuff. And yeah, it was really That's really a nice compliment when they're giving you more work because they like what yeah. you do. So yeah. <laughs> and it was another like VFX integration project. So they had to interact with live action characters. So like Pikachu, it was kind of a nice marriage of my all, all my skills. Like right. stuff. I did a lot of hand-drawn stuff for that too, like just testing out um, gags, timing, stuff like that. Very cool. Um, and I've heard you mention a couple different times just talking about leading and, and you know, you mentioned you're going to uh, video games to, yeah. to lead. And one of the things I like about that is because you're, you know how to take other artists and stuff. And that's what you'll be doing here at iAnimate, you know, as you teach these classes, yeah. you, you know how to lead, you know how to instruct, you know how to, to train up. And so I, I love that. Um, what are you looking forward to? Have you taught beforehand? just be your first kind of go. I know you've mentioned yes. a little bit teaching with the, the personal training and stuff like that, but yeah, I have done a lot of teaching actually. Uh, it's mostly uh, in person. <laughs> so okay. I've done, um, I did a few years at Centennial college um, teaching animation principles there. And I was program manager there for a year. And then I went to George Brown college and I was in their video game department as an animation principles teacher. And then they got me teaching all sorts of things there. So that was kind of fun. So I was teaching, um, you know, animation skills to generalists, they were going into video games. So they had to learn how to model and rig and light and do everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, game engine stuff. Um, so I was there to try to help them maximize their potential with their animation projects, like walk cycles, even voice acting, things like that. But they also needed to know stage combat. And things. So they, a lot of odd classes fell to me. So <laughs> they're like, hey, you're going to teach stage combat. And I'm like, I don't know anything about that. And they're like, well... <laughs> You have two weeks. <laughs> no, so, anyway, don't worry. I didn't teach people with that little experience. But what I did do, what I was allowed to do, was to bring in experts. So I could hire, uh, like, stunt choreographers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And Very it's like, cool. oh, we need crash mats. Okay, here's some crash mats. Oh, we need this. We need that. So they, they, would, they would just provide us. It was such a well-funded program. <laughs> so um, we did uh, stage combat. We did acting. We did stop motion. We had, like, okay. a dragon frame. We had, like, uh, cameras on wheels. We had everything we needed. And uh, I just got to try so many things. Very nice. 
yeah, I, I really loved my time teaching at George Brown. So I did that for a long time while I was working part-time freelancing while my little guy was growing up. Ah, wonderful. That's fantastic. So I just kind of mixed it up a little bit. So I had like parenting, teaching, and take, like, it's hard to take freelance animation when you, your time is split, but I tried to keep my hand in as best I could over the years. Um, So teaching was really a a helpful, like my bread and butter for a number of years. Gotcha. Yeah. So so what are you enjoying, or what are you looking forward to teaching at iAnimate? Do you know what workshop you're going to be in? I am. I'm going to be in a workshop feature four, which is the uh, lip sync and like close up acting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I'm actually really excited about the, uh, <laughs> the detail, right? So it's going to be really fun to like really dig in. And I want to keep people like really excited about their shot right from beginning to the end. Because you can kind of, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you start off all gung ho and then again, it gets like. Uh, and I've heard in VFX too. Um, I haven't, I haven't animated in VFX, but I've heard that it can be, the process can be longer because there's a lot of back and forth and you can end up revisiting a shot that's, you know, you finished, you thought a month ago. Um, so keeping <laughs> enthusiastic about something yeah. is very important, you know, keeping it fresh and yeah, like keeping bring, bringing like uh, fresh eyes to it. It's uh, I'm really looking forward to like that level of detail. You don't actually, ever get to spend that much time and zeroing in on, you know, helping somebody bring up that level of polish. It's, it's really exciting. That's neat. Do you, um, we've talked a lot about, you know, your physicality and stuff like that. Do you enjoy the, uh, the acting portion of it? I know you mentioned at the early stage, that's kind of why you got into animation was just that storytelling. Is that something you really enjoy? Storytelling, yes. Acting, no. I'm not okay. very good at acting in front of the camera. <laughs> I would love to get like when you look at like Jeff Gabor and people like that acting. You're like, oh, I have to get someone else to do a proper. Yeah, I shoot all my reference and everything, but it's always like it's weird though. All my shots end up looking like me. So, you know, I was doing like the villain on uh, Justice League, and the guy just he's like that guy just looks like you. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah anyway abstract it so i shoot my own reference but uh yeah and my students will be as well um i think it the most important thing is to not be shy in front of the camera like right like, right who cares right you know <laughs> that's right that's we're, we're in here to act and have fun right yeah. so you yeah. can't be too take it too serious right <laughs> you'll be teaching in our workshop or two or four and four, starting yeah. in january mm-hmm. so yes. we're looking forward to that um anything else you you know you come on the top of your head that you're excited about that you've not got to you know you haven't done online yet um i've taken online i've gone through the oh, yeah. im8 it's a wonderful opportunity i'm kind of oh, doing what we're great. doing here you're getting students from all over um it's live i'm really excited about that yeah it's live so you get to actually talk to people i'm really yes. happy i have that my new job at game on i get to do this all day so it's yeah. like one-on-one uh, looking at people's shots i'm like sharing my screen doing drawovers and things like that so i i think it'll be quite similar to that yeah yeah very much so very much so well we're very excited to have you in on the team here um it's always great pulling people here i'd love to get in to talk with you and your experience i'd love that you're excited about animation and uh yeah. looking forward to transitioning that into our teaching with our students so tara thank you very much for your time thank and we look forward to having you here in january great i'm really in, happy in a new year yes <laughs> 2021. 2021 let's, let's <laughs> hopefully that that'll be much 
better starting kind of going up here uh, oh, yeah. we're looking for a new year so <laughs> uh, you know what these are great skills like just being able to take online classes and stuff it, you know it's it's a really good thing to be able to do and yeah. level up your skills like this is a great time to be doing that particularly with the ability to work remotely huh exactly <laughs> <laughs> well thank you, you very much for your time and with that we're out <laughs> see ya